0: Chapter two of Janet of the Dunes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Janet of the Dunes by Harriet T. Comstock. Chapter two. Captain David began to climb the long flight of iron stairs. It was his custom to start early, in order that he might stop upon each landing and take a view of the land and water on his way up. As David got higher and higher, his spirits rose in proportion. Below were duty and care. Aloft was the light. That was his pride and glory, and the freedom of solitude and silence. When David began his climb, because it was the manner of the man to face life with a song upon his lips, he hummed softly, "'I would not live alway, no welcome the tomb.' He paused on the first landing and took in the satisfying prospect of his garden, edged around by summer flowers and showing a thrifty collection of needful vegetables. "'And only man is vile,' panted David, starting upward and changing his song. By the time the third landing was reached, care and anxiety were about forgotten, and the outlook upon the rippling bay was inspiring and we put three shots in the lobster pots three cheers for the witches three davy remembered only snatches of this song but its hilarious tunefulness appealed to his state of feeling on the third landing david chuckled gurgled and puffingly mounted higher looks like it might be a good crab season he muttered and i hope to gum the city folks won't trifle with the oysters out o season brightly gleams our father's mercy from his lighthouse evermore but to us puff pant groan he gives the keepin of the lights along the shore david had reached the light he always timed himself to the moment when the sun dropped behind the hills david's light took possession of the coming night he stepped inside the huge lamp rubbed an imaginary spot off the glistening glass, turned up the wick, and touched it with the ready match. Then he came forth and eyed the westering sun. That monarch, riding through the longest day of the year, was reluctant to give up his power, but David was patient. With hand upon the cloth covering, he bided his time. It was a splendid sunset. "'Beyond the hills the clouds were orange-red "'and seemed to part in order that the round sun "'should have a wide course for his royal exit. "'The shadows were coming up out of the sea. "'David felt, rather than saw, "'the purpling light stealing behind him, "'but he had for the present to do only with the day. "'There was glory over all the land,' quoted the man. "'A flood of glory.' then the sun was gone on the instant the covering was snatched away and david's light shone cheerily in the glory that at first obscured it your turn will come comforted the keeper as if to a friend they'll bless you come darkness with that he stepped out upon the narrow balcony surrounding the tower to freshen up from that point the dunes dividing the ocean and the bay seemed but weak barriers. The sea rolled nearer and nearer. "'Thus far, and no farther,' whispered David reverently. "'The Lord don't need anything bigger than that strip of sand "'to make His waters obey His will. "'No mountains could be safer than them dunes "'when once the Lord has set the limit.' "'That looks like the comrade off beyond the point,' he went on. "'I'll take my beef without cabbage, if that ain't Janet a-makin' for the light. "'And as late as this, too. "'Billy's told her about the change, and she wouldn't wait once she was convinced. "'She might have stayed with Billy till mornin', the impatient little cuss. "'The sailboat was scudding before the ocean breeze. "'Its white wing was the only one upon the bay, and David watched it with a new interest.' "'Comin' over to make her fortune,' he muttered. "'Comin' over to help fleece the boarders. By gum, I wonder, knowin' what Billy knows, and havin' the handlin' of a craft like Janet. He didn't hold the sheet rope pretty snug as he headed her into this harbor. The boat made the landing without a jar. The girl sprang out, secured the comrade, then shouldered a carpet bag, boy fashion, and came up the winding path toward the lighthouse. David watched her, bending over the railing, until she passed within. Then he straightened himself and waited. The purple gloaming came. The light took on courage and dignity. The stars shone timidly, as if apologizing for appearing where, really, their little glow was not needed. Then, softly, "'Captain David, are you on the balcony?' "'Who be ye comin' on the government property without permission?' growled David. Janet came out of the narrow doorway and flung her arms around the keeper's neck. "'Captain Davy, I've come off to be adopted. I had to stop downstairs to make my room ready and pay Susan Jane two weeks in advance, but I've got business with you now. Bring out a couple of chairs, Captain. This is going to be a long watch.' David paused as he went upon the errand. "'The money is what sticks, Janet. Money between me and Billy is a ticklish matter. Don't lay it up again, Susan Jane, girl. The connivorin' in money ways and the holy book is all that Susan Jane has since she was struck.' "'It's all right, Captain David, if it were only my money. And it soon will be, Davy, it soon will be.' I've just waked up to the fact that I ought to be helping along instead of hanging on Captain Billy. Seventeen, and only just waking up. I've come over to the gold mine, Davy, and I'm going to do some digging for myself. David sighed and laughed together. It was a rare combination, and one for which he was noted. Presently he came out with the chairs. The two put their backs to the light, David took out his pipe, and Janet, bracing her feet against the railing and clasping her hands behind her head, looked up at the stars. Next to Captain Billy, this man beside her was her truest friend. "'Gonna help wait at some table?' asked David between long, heartsome puffs. "'Nope.' "'Maybe washin'? "'Nope.' "'Anything in mind, special?' "'Yep.' "'What?' "'I'm going up to the hills and learn to paint pictures.' "'By gum?' "'Yes, I can at least see things as they are. All I shall have to do is to learn to handle the brushes and mix the paint.' "'By gum!' "'And, Captain David, I know what you all think.' You think me a useless kind of girl, willing enough to hang on Cap'n Billy and take all he can give, and I know that you think him soft and maybe silly because he hasn't been sterner with me, but you're all wrong. Cap'n Daddy and I haven't been wasting our time. We've got awfully close to each other while we've lived alone and had only ourselves. I've been thinking a long time of how I could help him best.' I didn't want to come over and, and, what shall I say, well, plunder the city folks. That's what everyone is doing. Sometimes I'm sorry for them, the city folks. It seems like we ought to treat them more as visitors than as ships that have been tossed up. Lord, spluttered David through his smoke, they know how to look after themselves. Yes, and when I think of that I'm afraid of them. "'They'll get something out of us for all the money they spend. "'And, Davy, I don't want them to get it out of me.' "'Get it out of you?' David struck his pipe on the railing, and the sparks fell into the night like a shower of stars. Janet nodded her head. "'Yes, get it out of me. "'All the same, if I'm going to help make my living, "'this seems the only way, so I'm going in with the rest.' but I want to choose my own path. Davy, did you ever see my mother? Of course you did. She was pretty, but I'm a lot better looking. Cap'n Billy's been telling me about her. Tellin' ye about her, all? David asked, faintly. Oh, I reckon not all. He was choking while he talked, and I hated to ask him particulars. How old was I when she died, Captain Davy? Ye warn't no age at all, child. As your little skiff hove into sight, hers set sail. Ye didn't any more than hail each other in passin'. Oh, tell me more, Davy. "'Twas an awful night ye chose, Janet. Wind off sea and howlin' like mad, sleet and rain minglin' and porridge ice slammin' on to shore. Billy had the midnight patrol. "'and before he started out, "'he arranged that we should keep one eye out toward his cottage. "'I happened to be on that night, "'and if we saw a light in the lean-to window, "'I was to rouse Mrs. Joe G.' "'Long about two I saw the light, "'and I made tracks for Mrs. Joe G's. "'The wind almost knocked us down as we set out for Billy's. "'I waited in the lean-to, "'and Mrs. Joe G., she went into the bedroom go on cap'n davy i wish i had known always about mrs joe g she didn't mind the storm somehow i never thought of her like that twas only human janet her and your ma was the only females at the station long about four billy came a-staggerin in he had seen the light shinin in the winder he was coated over with ice Ice hangin' to his beard and lashes, but lord, how his eyes was glitterin' I couldn't say a blessed thing. Gum, there wasn't a thing to say. I jest gripped him like a loony, and he gripped me, and there we stood a starin' and a starin. Why don't you go in? I asked And why didn't he? "'Janet was struggling with an inclination to cry. "'Why didn't he?' "'David, fearing he had ventured upon dangerous ground, muttered, "'He said he couldn't. "'Them was his own words. "'Billy was always queer. "'Just then Mrs. Joe G. came into the living room. "'She had you—we didn't know it then, for you was just a round bundle—in her arms.' "'Mrs. Jo G. always speaks to the point when she does speak,' Davy continued. "'And all she said was, "'This is all that's left, Captain Billy. "'The mother's gone.'" "'Oh, my captain,' murmured Janet. "'And only tonight I have heard this.'" "'Now don't take on, Janet,' David clumsily stroked the pretty head that had found a resting place upon the iron railing. It was because Billy hated any taken on that he kept mum. Him and me and Mrs. Joe G., we have always acted as if nothing unusual had happened. You had a stormy voyage, child, and Billy wanted that you should have calm while he was in control. Oh, Cap'n Billy, my poor old daddy! And I've been a wild, uncaring girl, David, never taking hold like the others just following Daddy about and being a burden. And to think it was, it was borders that aroused me. Oh, Davy, it makes me sick. Now see here, Janet. David got up and walked twice around the little gallery. I ain't a sayin', but what you ought to be helpin' yourself and taking anxiety off of Billy but I do say that it ain't going to ease Billy any if you go gallivantin' off to the hills with any fool notion that good looks is going to help you. They always help, Captain David, always. Janet's assertion came through a muffled sob. You mustn't think I care for my looks myself. I'd just as soon be as peaked and blue-white as Mrs. Joe G.'s maud. BUT I KNOW PRETTY LOOKS ARE JUST SO MUCH TO THE GOOD. OR BAD, BROKE IN DAVID. WELL, HAVE IT THAT WAY, BUT IT IS ACCORDING TO HOW YOU USE THEM. I'M GOING TO USE MY GOOD LOOKS WISELY. BY GUM, MUTTERED DAVID. THIS WAS HIS ESCAPE VALVE. WHEN OTHER WORDS FAILED, BY GUM EASED THE TENSION. Ye ain't much on looks, Janet, when ye come to that," he said presently. "Ye ain't tidy nor tasty. Ye ain't a likely promise for what a handy woman ought to be. You're powerful, breezy, and uncertain, and you're unlike what folks is used to." "Davy," Janet came in front of him, and the light fell full upon her. "Davy, you just listen and see how wise I am." "'Do you know why the city folks have come to Quinton? "'We never, at least not many of us, "'saw anything very splendid about the hills, "'the dunes, and the bay, now, did we?' "'The fact is, we didn't.' "'Well, these people are wild about them, "'because they are unlike the common things they are used to. "'I am like Quinton Davy. "'I know it way down in my heart.' you won't catch me fixing up like city folks and looking queer enough to turn you dizzy. Quentin and I are going to be true to ourselves, Davy, and you'll soon see if my looks do not help. By gum, sighed David, and remembering his vow to Billy to watch over this girl, he sighed again and ordered her below in no very gentle voice. End of chapter 2